Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. What do you do when you cross an eccentric self-made man with a load of crap? Jack Sim. That's... uh, uh, he is uh, no stranger to uh, being obsessed with toilets. In fact, so much so, he's called Mr. Toilet. He is a crusader for world global sanitation. Born in Singapore slums, Jack knows firsthand the agonies of, of not having a proper loo. Now he's dedicated his life to a crisis that no one dares talk about. <laughs> not having a place to go isn't just an inconvenience. It's a problem that impacts 2.4 billion people worldwide in India alone. 200,000 children die each year because of a lack of sanitation, while women are regularly raped because they have to defecate in public spaces. And that is just the beginning of the public health crisis around sanitation. And uh, this film called Mr. Toilet, the world's number two man, uh, takes on those issues as well as the life and times of Jack Sim. And we're joined today by the director, producer, and writer of Mr. Toilet, the world's number two man, Lily Cepeda. Lily, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I like that introduction. That was wonderful. Thank, oh, you're very, very welcome. And thank you for, for being on the program. Tell me a little bit about your introduction to Jack Sim. How did you kind of come upon him and upon the work that he's doing? Yeah, how do you come upon somebody like this? It's a very good question. Um, the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation had launched the Reinvent the Toilet Challenge. If you can believe there's such a thing in 2012, they wanted to reinvent the toilet. And Caltech in L.A., where I'm from, uh, won that challenge. So I at first thought, this must be a joke, and if it's not, it's incredible. I had hung out with the engineering team at Caltech for a while, and eventually they said, you know, if you think we're so interesting you need to actually contact this guy named Mr. Toilet. And I thought, wow, this is getting better. (laughs) Um, I had a Skype session with him. His Skype name is Urgent Gotta Go. And within five minutes, you just kind of know he's like the lead character of a film. I mean, he's a 12-year-old trapped inside a 60-year-old man's body. And it's just, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think I know the answer to this question before I ask it, but what was his response when you said to him, I think I want to make you part of this film project. I want to document your life. What did what was his well, reaction? Yeah, I feel like that went in steps because he's used to being contacted by the media. He does a lot of like BBC, CNN, and just quick interviews. So I don't think he had a clue that that I would truly be following him for five years. And I actually don't even think... I had that clue. I thought it would be maybe a couple-year project. He maybe thought it would be like a couple interviews. And then it just really just, I'm just actually impressed that he he didn't um, tell me, okay, that's enough. Like, I'm really, really done. But um, he just said, I hung on as long as you hung on, you know. So, um, (laughs) yeah, we both hung in there together. (laughs) In the film, um, Mr. Toilet, we see him in his work and his passion about sanitation and finding a an affordable, reasonable kind of uh, accommodation for people who around the world, and this is part of the, the beauty of this documentary, is you're shining a light on something that I 
I think here in the United States and maybe the Western world had an assumption that these weren't the issues uh, that uh, the rest of the world is dealing with. But mm-hmm. uh, but in the process of getting to know what his work is, we also get to know um, about his family, about the uh, yeah. about the cost of him doing what he does on his family's life. Was there and I and it it really kind of flushes him out. It gives the the documentary uh, um, just another dimension. But was there any trepidation on his part in allowing you in not only to his work as a Mr. Toilet, but also into his life as a as a father and a husband? Yeah, I would say in general he tends to be a trusting person, but I definitely think there was some nervousness. I actually feel like there was more nervousness from the their family itself than from Jack allowing me to talk to his family. He just kept saying, you know, you need to ask their permission. I can't give them permission. And so one of the things that I chose to do is spend a lot of time with them outside of the camera and just really get to know them outside of just constantly filming. And I feel like that helped. And over time, the the kids really just realized, oh, she's not going away. Uh, she's, she's, she keeps coming back and there must be something to this. So I feel like that that also allowed them to open up. Well, yeah, because, yeah, again, it, it really gives this film, it's not just a sort of a travelogue with Jack Sim as he goes from China to India to Singapore right. to these different places around the world. It is, in fact, uh, a, a portrait of a man who is probably, his uh, his mind is working faster than the people mm-hmm. around him can possibly uh, yeah. process and at times it's a great thing it's the enthusiasm comes across in every frame that he's in but at the same time you know his enthusiasm has also cost him and not only mm-hmm. professionally but in his private life a little bit is that a fair assessment for, for it's completely fair i mean he can be so brilliant in one moment and so annoying in the other um, and his mind just works differently, just kind of like you said, it just works differently. And it's, it's, it's really hard to have a board and a team say, okay, wait, where's our focus? When, when Jack can truly focus on five things at one time, he just really has this burning, burning desire in him to be completely useful every moment of his life. And not everybody has that, so not everybody can jump on board uh, with that pace. So um, following him in that kind of erratic space is also really challenging and difficult. But after five years, you, you kind of get used to it having, get used to it in, in some sense. <laughs> right. Well, it, it adds another dimension to the documentary, the sort of the flaws, mm-hmm. flaws and all. And I, my mm-hmm. observation about Jack is for a man who's so con, uh, consumed and con- concerned about the impact of, you know, the world without good sanitation, a lot of the people in his life spent a lot of time cleaning up after him, if you will. Mm. And, and uh, so it's, uh, but it, again, uh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I don't want to sound like I'm obsessed about his, him and his life and his private life, but the film is entertaining about a subject that easily could be uh, yes. not. <laughs> and yes, no, and I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad that you pointed that out. I mean, because that was hopefully the intention there is that when you sit there and you talk to people about sanitation and you tell them the facts about sanitation and the world, I mean, everybody's going to fall asleep. But when you put, you know, this kind of childlike figure at the heart of it who uses humor, you break all that ice down. You break, you break, 
you break the walls, and all of a sudden people are receptive to information. Want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Lily Cepeda, and she is the director, writer, and producer of the film Mr. Toilet, the world's number two man. Let's talk a little bit about the issue itself, uh, sanitation mm-hmm. and around the world. It is a remarkably prevalent issue and problem for, I'll say, most of the world. Is that mm-hmm. too much? Not quite most, but, but, you know, it's really still a figure that people have a hard time wrapping their heads around because it's not millions and millions of people, it's billions of people. So two and a half billion people do not have access to safe sanitation. How, how is that possible, right? More people have a cell phone than they have a toilet. And it's because we don't talk about it. It's, it's a really gross topic to talk about. We talk about water. We talk about getting clean water to people. But we don't even think that the root cause of a lot of these diseases is actually not having a toilet. So it is huge. It is huge. 40%, almost 40% of the world's population. Some other statistics in this regard. India... Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in India, and this is the focus of the film, there are two sort of areas of the world that we get a window into of what what they're dealing with, India and China. Now, China has the advantage now of a, they've built an infrastructure, uh, the likes of which the world, in such a short period of time, the likes of which the world has probably never seen. So there is a... Uh, kind of a economic cultural momentum to expanding mm-hmm. this to the rural parts of the country which are the where where we find these these issues to be most prevalent and in india even though it's a, an emerging world ec- economic force uh, there are still vast regions in india it appears where uh, where it's more third world fourth world uh, in terms mm-hmm. of its economic development. So it is a real problem in both of these countries, not to say that's the only place where it is. You're exactly correct. It feels like China's on a more rapid pace to change. I think they learned a huge lesson from the last Olympics that were there where just some of the toilets weren't prepared for that many people, and it, it really looked bad on, on them, so they reassessed. And they are definitely on board with building um, toilets ever since the president announced the toilet revolution. And India, I definitely would say, is it's a much slower, much slower, slower pace, um, especially in the rural areas. Yeah, and what I would never have known unless I had seen um, Mr. Toilet, uh, and that is that there are cultural barriers to overcome mm-hmm. in India. It uh, apparently, be, and it has to do with the caste system. It has to do, obviously, with the economic condition for most, for many of the people in the country. Um, that was a real, uh, I won't say shocking, but it's certainly uh, distressing uh, to hear that. Let's talk a little bit about Jack's efforts in, in, in India. I think let's focus on that. And if you want to comment on what I was saying about the, you know, sort of the cultural issues that we have in, they have in India. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it in terms of us, we just grow up using a flush toilet, flush it and forget it, and, like, we're used to that regular routine. And when you uh, grow up going out in the open in, in fresh air in behind a bush and you have this idea of a toilet as this dark, dirty, kind of gross place, you don't really want to build one and you don't want to use it once, once it's implemented because it's smelly, gross, and and scary and and not well maintained so i feel like that that's the cultural barrier that jack is trying to get people through which is why he says i'm going to make the toilet sexy again (laughs) (laughs) Um, which really means you know he wants to make it 
have that appeal that the iPhone has. Everybody wants to use the iPhone, right? Like, you have to have one. So he's trying to, like, drive demand in that way. Yeah. And the impacts on India are, there's statistically speaking, one in five girls in India drop out of school when they start mm-hmm. having their periods due to a lack of safe and private toilets. So that there's an impact there. This, you know, statistically how many people die in the world every year is somewhere around one million children die from diarrhea, which is a direct result of dysentery and the, the, the uh, illnesses that come with a lack of clean sanitation. And that translates to 2,000 children every day die mm-hmm. because of this. So mm-hmm. it is a critically important issue. Um, and one la- other statistic, which I want to just get out there, and that over the last 200 years, toilets have added 20 years to the lifespan of humans because of the, the lack of dysentery, diarrhea, the things that take people, that kill people around the world. And, and so there is a, a pressing uh, issue on this. But again, I want to come back to the idea that Jack Sim and the people around him through the World Toilet Organization, WTO, have been really smart in, su- in many ways about bringing this issue to the attention of the world. Talk a little bit about the uh, the resolution that Jack was able to get uh, passed in the U.N. Yeah. After 13 years of fighting for United Nations World Toilet Day, Jack actually had that uh, happen in 2013. He felt that there was this huge day for water, but what happened to sanitation is that it was lower on people's agenda and lower on, you know, um, when it came to money or voting or any type of thing. So he says toilet needs its own day. And it was actually quite embarrassing for some countries to even say yes to, because they said, what are people going to think us if I adopt this resolution? And, and he really got people thinking about the taboo of it and, and, and the importance of it. So 193 countries signed on to adopt World Toilet Day November 19th in 2013, and now every year it's celebrated around the world in very, very interesting ways. Um, there was even a concert in Mumbai a couple of years ago where Coldplay and Jay-Z uh, came out to um, honor World Toilet Day. So it's it's something that he really um, fought for, and it's really kind of made a difference. Yeah. If you put aside the ick factor of people defecating and all that sort of the imagery and all the things that I think we culturally and instinctively in some way take into a discussion about something like this. In some ways, this is just an absolute slam dunk for anyone who wants to get involved in a in a an issue that can't seriously have any. Once you get past some cultural issues, there's no mm-hmm. there's no godly reason in the world why anyone would be opposed to clean sanitation for every human being, right? Exactly, and that's what he had to explain. It's like, do you not understand the severity of the problem? And and even to this day, when you start talking about toilets. There is a little bit of discomfort, but just like you, you know, read, read off all those statistics, then it's like, oh, okay, you're right. This is, this is serious. Yeah. And Jack Sim is a great ambassador. He's kind of the Mr. Science uh, guy here, Bill Nye. He's sort of, he is in that mode of taking something that, and making it uh, absolutely relatable. He, yes, he, he comes, his ideas come fast and furious, and sometimes they kind of step on each other. 
But nonetheless, his level of enthusiasm, his commitment to this, uh, from his own life, he he experienced this kind of thing firsthand. And he's such a nice person and such a sincere person, and it's it's hard mm-hmm. to not root for him every step of the way. Did you find that when you were working with him and the people who were helping him, did they share that, you know, we hope you succeed sort of, uh, you know, yeah. everybody's pulling Yeah, I think... I think that that is what is so charming about him is that that you do want to hop on board to a mission like that. Like, how can you, when somebody is spending their life and flying around the world on behalf of, uh, you know, this subject and making it fun and quirky, you kind of go, you light up a little bit, and I see other people around him go, wow, if he's enthusiastic, then I've got to bring my, my A-game here. So, um, and, and it makes for, for good, you know, fun, uh, it makes for a good fun film, and it makes for all those light moments that people get to see, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, he solves he solves world problems with, like, a childlike genius, <laughs> and that's the only way I can put it. Yes, yeah. and, and for people who uh, will see the film, the I think the giraffe idea <laughs> is, is, is emblematic of what's great about Jack and what is not so great about Jack. Yes. Would you? Yeah. He's, he's a disruptor. He's a disruptor. He's a troublemaker, and he doesn't mind those labels when you know I say that. Uh, so you you know he also is an artist. He never thought he was going to do social work. He actually thought he was going to be an artist, but he still taps into that in his way of tapping into that, and also kind of giving bureaucracy the middle finger is by putting up illegal art and showing people. Uh, different ways of thinking like hey the world is a canvas and we should paint it and this is this is how i express that and i think having lived in a place like singapore that is very rule oriented very strict it's his way of kind of saying hey i i don't i don't listen to your rules i do i do my own thing yeah so it's it's quite funny yeah yeah it is funny <laughs> he's a combination of of science guy and banksy <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like that. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, the film, for people who want to know more about this, how they can see it, and as you said, it, it's uh, playing, it's, well, I haven't said yet, it's opening in uh, New York City. Yeah, Trilogy uh, Cinema in New York City, November 22nd. So right after World Toilet Day, we're going to be playing for a week, starting opening night, November 22nd. We even have a fun giveaway for people there. And you can also, if you're not in that city, then you can see our website. It's it's just a wonderful film. It's really a fun film. I would I think it's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. If I got that yeah. right, yeah, 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 yeah. So 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 there. Smell fresh. <laughs> yeah. It may be about poo, but it's fresh. Okay. <laughs> so so there definitely. So I and I and again I I thank you for as as a filmmaker for you know getting on to this. Uh, and we see Jack evolve over the over the course of this film as well. That's one of the one of the nice things. You were with him for how many? How long were you with him? I was with him for five years, five years. and then we edited for an, uh, a year, so six years in total. Yes, five years. But I, mm-hmm. what I saw from the beginning and to the end, uh, someone who uh, who understands that the world doesn't move at the same pace that he does, and also mm-hmm. a sort of a, it felt like a, a kind of a a reassessment of his 
his life and his family life and how all those things are playing out. Yeah. And so you get to see a, a portrait of a man, a man who's uh, dedicated to something, but also uh, the ability to be self-reflective and kind of you get to know him a little better. And he's a he's a great guy. I don't. I just don't. Yeah. Know how, well, yeah. thank you for putting it that way. It's, it's definitely more than just about sanitation. It's definitely a hero's journey. So I appreciate. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. The film again is Mr. Toilet, the world's number two man, and um, we've been speaking with the director, producer, writer, Lily Cepeda. Lily, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.